following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener. Don't worry, darling. The Muppets. Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. American Horror Story. Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Barbie, Forbidden Planet. Bowfinger, What About Bob? Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And Little Shop of Horrors. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie and then try to determine which one is cooler. Robots, dinosaurs, or uh, a a spouse whose brain you can reprogram. (laughs) Uh, I'm your... (laughs) uh, I can tell you which one of those is the least cool on that list. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm your host, Luigi, and with me as always is my co-host. This week I have two co-hosts, both new to the show, um, they are wonderful actors. They are the co-hosts of their own podcast, In the Moment with Liv and Bix. And here they are, everybody, Liv and Bix. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having yes. us. This is so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I have to say, I, I'm sorry, I got to put in a plug, but I actually know Lewis because we were just in a feature film together called Sky hey. Hoshi Anime Girl. Ooh, yeah, coming out to screens April twenty first. All right, shout I'm done out. with my plugs, but shout out. <laughs> no, I'm I'm actually going to ask you to go even further with that. Um, thanks yeah. for bringing that up. That's uh, <laughs> so you two. Can I, well, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your podcast? Um, I've listened to a couple of episodes. I actually listened to the episode where you uh, interviewed our mutual connection, uh, Kalani Hubbard, and and uh-huh. Kalani and Stephanie Hubbard. Um, so why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about like. What is in the moment with Liv and Bix? Uh, and also, you know, how we know each other. And So Bix, yeah. you want to tell about, I'll talk about our podcast and I could just share how Lewis and I know each other then? Yeah, of course. Um, so our podcast is called In the Moment with Liv and Bix. And it kind of has a really unique origin story um, because it didn't always start as what yeah. it is today. It was a very different avenue. Um, We started as a Bachelor recap podcast, so we would watch and torture ourselves with hours of (laughs) Bachelor content and recap it, and it was crazy, and we drove Mm. ourselves insane. We drove ourselves into the ground. We lost all hope for life, for our future. (laughs) Like, it was, it got so dark and so bad that, um... Just recently, actually, only within the last couple of months, we got together and we were really trying to figure out how we could continue to have a podcast to continue our platform because we loved getting together and we loved talking and just being able to spend that time with one another. But we wanted to figure out how to do it in a way that didn't make us miserable. Yeah. Um, So what better way than to just talk about our favorite thing? which for both of us is acting. Um, We met in theater school in New York City in like 2006 or something. We go back, we go back. Way back, we got (laughs) pictures to prove it. Yeah. So yeah, like we just totally changed gears and it's been such a great and light experience and I'm so happy we made the, the transition. Yeah, I, I agree, Bix. I could not be happier. I mean, it's nothing better than to get together and talk about something that you're passionate about why, while also like 
not only are we helping other people navigate it, but in a way we're helping each other navigate mm-hmm. and, um, you know, talk out our our process um, in this acting journey, which can be lonely at times. And I feel like that's a perfect segue um, yeah. how Lewis and I know each other. So we were uh, in a feature film together um, called Sky Hoshi Anime Girl, which is coming out to Pure Magic Pictures on April 21st. And uh, he plays Marvin, who is this uh, comic book store customer who is obsessed with time travel and Sky Hoshi. And uh, we love him, though. He is great. He's such a great character in the show and also a great person outside, too. Um, and yeah, it was such a great, uh, great experience uh, filming together. It's currently in post. Um, and do you mind? I'm just going to share maybe a little bit about uh, what Sky Hoshi. Absolutely. Sky Hoshi all about. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Sky Hoshi is about an anime girl that comes to life uh, because the hopeless romantic Adam uh, wishes that his favorite anime girl was real. And in return, she does become real, but then ends up disrupting the anime world. And they have to figure out how to get her back to the poster in time. um, Yeah, before time runs out. Hmm. And uh, listeners, I'm not going to give you uh, too much context because we don't want to spoil the movie. um, But... If you want to see me get zapped by Olivia with a laser gun, <laughs> yes, uh, make sure you watch Sky Hoshi when it comes out. And there's only one place that you can watch it, which is going to be Pure Magic Pictures. Um, so make sure you subscribe by April so you can you can catch uh, Sky Hoshi along with all the other great content that Kalani and Stephanie put out. Um, they're a really cool little like mom and shop, mom and pop, uh, mom and pop movie shop is how they describe themselves and. Uh, and they have a couple of really fun indie films. Sky Hoshi's the the latest one coming up. Um, but yeah, it was such a delight to to work. It's been such a delight to work with them. Um, I also work with them on a couple of other uh, uh, Pure Magic shows as a writer. So being on set with them, being on set with Olivia, was such a great experience. And um, and yeah, so I, I've listened to a few episodes of In the Moment with Liv and Bix, and um, I think it's a gr- I think it's really great. I think what you guys what what you guys do really well is you bring the realness like you mm-hmm. uh you talk about the I listened to the episode today about um I think it was your first episode after you sort of transitioned from being a bachelor podcast and you were talking about like getting involved with community theater and yeah. different ways that you know if you've never acted before yeah. um ways that you can get into it and different uh resources that you can use and I thought that was just really really cool. And the way you guys break it down is like, really, it feels like a friend giving you advice rather than just like a clinical kind of information dump, you know? I feel like I'm, yeah, I'm so happy you say that because that's kind of our whole idea for this transition is that's exactly what we want to feel like. We want to be that behind the scenes big sister that can just give you all of the secrets, all of the things that you don't learn about. Like both Olivia and I went to school Mm -hmm. for theater for both high school and through college and also trained post-college. And it's unfortunate the way that a lot of uh, institutions leave actors to their own devices once they graduate or finish a course without really teaching you the business of the acting world. And that's so, it's just as important as every other aspect. So our whole, our whole 
vision is to just make it so easy, so accessible. We love to say like bite-sized, easily digestible information to just help people out because it's a lonely, um, really like daunting Mm -hmm. occupation. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm happy you said it didn't seem, what What did you say? Like clinical or clinical. like, yeah. Mm. Cause we, we talk about that often on trying to stay away from too much of how to do this, like step one, step two, but make it more relatable. So thank mm. you. Yeah. 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 It really feels like it comes from a place of lived experience and, yeah. and it shines through. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for thank you again for being on my show today, Robots versus Dinosaurs. Yes. Why don't you tell the listeners uh, what movie we're going to be discussing today? So uh, we're discussing Stepford Wives, but not the original. We're doing the Stepford Wives. So uh, this is <laughs> there's a difference. Um, mm-hmm. This movie, uh, I believe it was done, let me see, 2000, yeah, 2004. Mm-hmm. So basically, I'll give you a little sum up. Um, so the lead actress, and I'm forgetting her name, so I apologize. Nicole anybody? Kidman. Nicole Thank Kidman. You. Nicole Kidman. Um, so after, like, she has, like, a setback in her TV career, and then her husband suggests to relocate to this, like, little t- uh, sub- suburb town uh, in Connecticut. Um, it's called Stepford. And uh, her husband warms up to, you know, quickly starts to make friends with all of these men in this small suburban town while she's learning to, uh, you know, navigate this new life um, outside of New York City. It's much slower. Um, it's very much like those stay at home wife vibes. And uh, there is something sinister happening in Stepford um, that that she's trying to uncover more about, but that's pretty much what the film is about. Um, how how familiar are either of you with Connecticut? But uh, I not really. Yeah, I was gonna say I know not where it really. is. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Same. I know its location, but it's do like, I go oh. there often? No. <laughs> You're better off the less you know about it. It's <laughs> oh, <laughs> this this movie is a scathing but accurate um view, like view of Connecticut. I'm from Connecticut, so I can say oh, all, okay, okay. I can say <laughs> like all I'm the trash I want this. about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Staten Island. Like you can't make fun of Staten Island. Only I can because I live there. <laughs> oh, you. I'm I'm inviting any listeners if you have if you have if you want to pile on to Connecticut, please. Um, <laughs> It's <laughs> no, there's nice things about it, but like yeah. the, there, there was a, there was a line later in the movie where some um, uh, the when it, it, I mean this is a huge spoiler for the end of the movie, but when Glenn <laughs> Close is kind of revealing her whole plan, she says, "I yes. asked myself, where would people never notice a town full of robots? Connecticut. Stop. <laughs> yeah, that's too funny." Just That's the fact so that real. this fictional town is called Stepford is it's all it's it's picture perfect because um, I'm from Guilford, Connecticut. The next neighboring town is Branford. On the other oh. side of that is Milford. Um, and then there's like Hartford and New Milford and they Stanford. And it's a lot of Fords, a, a lot, lot of Fords. Fur. Lots of Fords. <laughs> Uh, so Stepford was like such a perfect name. And the, and it, the, the depiction of everything, I don't know where this was shot, but the depiction of everything was just like, perfect. They, they nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who don't know the original uh, Stepford Wives, it's basically just, um, it's basically, it's a movie about like 
the man wanting the woman to be more like subservient and um, not have any like desires or have any interests or not pursue anything that they're really passionate about, but just kind of follow the lead of the husband. But so Mm. this is just a more comedic take. So it's a little bit easier to digest, but it's very real, the topic. So the original is much darker uh, social commentary. And this is still making social commentary, but it's just doing it in more of a ha-ha. So it's just easier <laughs> like, to isn't take this it. Hilarious? Yeah. But <laughs> it kind of puts me kind of in. But it's just easier to take in. But it is really um it's twisted. It's twisted. But yeah. yeah. They did a great job at though, um, at bringing like that a comedic tone to it. In the do you know in the original is what's the method that they use to brainwash them? Is it like like this in this one they they literally implant like these four yes. microchips? Like chips. Um, yeah. Is that what they did in the original as well, or oh, was it something different? I don't remember. Um, I I gotta check out the original. Yeah, the first yeah. one was in the like early seventies, right? Mm-hmm. So I need a look. I'm not too sure. I'm gonna be honest with you. I can I can start googling right now, but I'm not. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I just know. Yeah, I'm. I'm Watch not sure the how the movie right now. Yeah, yeah right well, now, guys. I'm just pause. Pause. <laughs> pause. I'm just gonna go watch the film. <laughs> well, this um, I would definitely describe this this version of this 2004 Stepford Wives as a, de- a dark comedy. Um, it's directed by Frank Oz, and our live and Bix, are y'all familiar with Frank Oz's work? I'm not familiar with this work. I don't no. think so. Oh, um, you, you you'll be delighted to hear Frank Oz is the voice of Miss Piggy in the Muppets. Uh, oh my god! He also did the voice of Yoda in all, all of Star Wars, and um, oh wow! And his, I feel he, like I should know this now. One other I know movie him. of his that he directed. I'm sure he's directed some other stuff, but one that I'm very familiar with is my favorite musical, um, uh, A Little Shop of Horrors. And he oh, made the uh, talking to two musical theater people here, so we definitely <laughs> yeah. know that musical. <laughs> yeah, he made the I movie. I can see the um, similarities. Yes. Like the mm. color choices, like the palettes yeah. are so good and specific. Yeah. You know what it is? This is the Stepford Wives. It's a movie ass movie. Like, you know what I mean by that? <laughs> like it's when you're watching it, you're not, you, you know, you're not watching realism. You know, you're not watching, you're watching a, a movie with a movie world. And the way people talk to each other is very heightened and yes. nothing about it feels realistic because it's a presentation yeah. through like from beginning I to was, end, right? I was realizing that when I was watching a lot of the scenes that have, um, you know, like the whole town is there. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing a lot of background work since moving to L.A. And a lot of the times when you go in for background work, if you're not featured, you just come in wearing whatever. They'll maybe like touch your hair, touch up your makeup. But for the most part, they just look at you and they're like, all right, you're good. (laughs) But I was thinking like for this movie, every single person even if you're just seeing a little tiny, their shoulder, Mm -hmm. a little corner of their face, they had to be so perfected, even even just like no matter how background of background you are. Mm -hmm. So I I thought that that was cool. I would like to work on a project where like everybody has to be like transformed into this world. Do you remember that scene? Oh God, it's so good. That scene where... um, they go to the, this is the first time she's really seeing the t- the town Nicole Kidman when they're at the the what is that like the far, like the square the far, dancing the square dancing it's like the oh farmer's goodness, day yeah. or something or I don't know America or they're celebrating something <laughs> and they're all yeah dressed to perfection and she walks in wearing all black and it's and like, like mm-hmm. the contrast is 
And then Bette Midler shows up and she's just wearing like a band t-shirt and like, yes, yes. I love it. I love it. Um, that was a great day. I believe it was a 4th of July celebration. Okay. I was like, it's something. Yeah. And there was, that was such a good scene because that's when, that's when they also, they first noticed like there's something very, very strange going on uh, mm-hmm. because that one woman starts to go haywire yeah, and yeah. spins does around and she's, does, does he do? Does he do? Yeah. Oh my God. It stuck with me. That was so good. Does he do? Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like um, that was a good, that was a good, uh, that was a good point out, Bix, with even the extras too. Like everything was so perfect. Yeah. And you had had to be just so the contrast was very like evident. But right. yeah, yeah. Well, that 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 achieves that effect of like, like being such a weird outsider and, yes. and that this town, there's some sort of conspiracy. There's something going on um, because the way like whenever she walks into a room and it's all the women together, they move together. They kind of yes, talk almost yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. Um, it's so Even the outfits are unsettling. so synchronized too. And it's like, yeah, it's very off-putting. Yeah. And just yes. the fact that they're about to do like an aerobics class in dresses oh. and heels. Oh and she's like, you're <laughs> just going to sweat like that. Like, <laughs> like um, okay. Yeah. And it's like the brightness the bright colors Mm -hmm. and the like smiling faces and all of that that should be so welcoming and sweet and happy and light but because it's not makes it all the more off-putting yes yes yeah the um there's a very uh the, the stepford wives has almost become like something in the in the lexicon of like you it's like a phrase that just refers but I I had never seen this movie before this week but I'd heard people refer to like oh that's such a Stepford thing that's so Stepford um always always referring to something that's like about conformity or about Mm -hmm. something being creepy and off-putting because everything's you know so robotic and synchronized um have y'all have y'all ever heard any instances of people referring to things as like Stepford or um, oh totally yeah yeah I yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know in what instances I have, but I have heard that before. Yeah. Um, there are, so there are a couple of, uh, well, before we, I guess, before I define what I identified as robots in this movie, um, Liv Bix, mm-hmm. what would you define as a robot as? Like, how would you define the word or the term robot? What is a robot? I guess something that is like computer operated by some type of, I'm so bad with technology. I don't even know words, but something like operated by a computer. But also, okay. or, and something like unauthentic, I, like that I've described that as like, oh, that seems very like robotic, like. Like okay. no like and autonomy. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So something that's like pre-programmed and doesn't follow its own directives. It like follows somebody, somebody else's Somebody else's. Correct. Yes. Okay. Um, are there robots in this movie? Obviously, yes, because you picked it for the show. I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, but what, I guess what are what robots do we see in this movie? The women. You know, the, yeah. They, yeah. Sorry, it's very short and sweet. Definitely, the yeah, definitely the women. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, all the women. Something I noticed, it, and this was before the movie um, actually technically started, but the whole opening sequence with mm. the opening credits. Oh, my God. It yeah. was... First of all, it was just like very beautiful to watch all like the vintage uh, housewife clips. But what I noticed is as it progressed, it the women became more and more like robots. Like it started with clips of the women uh, doing things for their husband and baking and in the kitchen. And then 
you started seeing, then it became more like the Jetsons mm. with all the cool like kitchen gadgets and all these crazy uh, appliances. And then it it went further and then it showed women doing the synchronized dancing, the mm-hmm. ballroom dancing mm-hmm. and, and doing everything together. So it was kind of like a really cool encaps- encapsulation yeah. Yeah. of like where this movie was going, like just starting from women being women and just slowly watching them turn into robots. Yeah. So that's where I got like the most yeah. robot out of the movie was just that opening sequence. That's a great call like, that like progression of, of it starts out with just women like without any brainwashing at all. I guess just societal, um, you know, brainwashing, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> doing do, gleefully doing chores and housework. And yes. Pouring their man coffee because and they love it so much. Um, and then slowly being phased out by robots. But you notice in when it gets to those later moments in the montage, the when the women are being when the, the jobs that they're doing in the kitchen or around the house is being replaced by a robot, it's not the message doesn't seem to be so that the woman can be free to right. become her own person and have free time for her own pursuits. It's oh, thank goodness this robot is pouring your orange juice and and buttering your toast so that the woman can do other things for her man. So now you yes. can walk around in a sexy bikini. Right. <laughs> it still pleased me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I also so noticed- women can walk in a sexy bikini yeah. and all wave at me and blow me a kiss at the same time. I always love the absurdity of when, when uh, especially the 1950s and 60s, like, Mm-hmm. predicted the future and what the future will look like because one of the auto- automations was this this robot that's like a gigantic arm that's half the size of the kitchen and like the family's sitting at the table and the toast is done and this arm just like grabs the toast swings all the way around and drops the toast up on the plate and I'm like that having a machine that huge in your house that takes up half the space of your kitchen just to grab the toast and put it on the plate next to the table. Um, just the abs- the absurd impracticality of that always makes me laugh. Yeah, no, even like the, what's well, like, yeah, they even like them preparing all like the food and she had like, like I think enough food to fill, like feed an army. Mm-hmm. And then she was still like, it's not enough. Like I oh sucked God, it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Every time they were baking and like, yeah, just, like a whole spread so absurd. out. And, yeah, 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 it's yeah. insane. <laughs> Um, just the wastefulness, the amount of money yes. that you're spending on every single meal just to throw most of it away. It's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, this movie, it it lives it lives in privilege, right? It lives yeah. in, uh, from start to finish, it's this high world of high executives and wealthy people. Um, and they, you know, they form their own community to, when they have a breakdown, when they have a nervous breakdown and they have to retreat somewhere, it's to the suburbs of Connecticut. Um <laughs> To Stepford. Yeah. Um, but uh, what did you think of Matthew Broderick's character in general? Like, he, he was Nicole Kidman's husband. Yeah. Um, was, I don't, yeah, I don't want to attach any adjectives. I want to hear what, you, what y'all's take was, was on him. The first word that came to mind is just weak. Mm. Well, well, get out of my mind. Just like... <laughs> Same <laughs> brain. <laughs> it always happens. Yeah. But yeah, just... 
weak. And I like Matthew Broderick, he's just so, he's so good at playing like a feeble, weak little man. Um, so he really <laughs> oh sold the performance. I mean, he's like, yeah. no, 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 he's no. He's he's good at playing a weenie. <laughs> yes. He's very good at playing a weenie. Um, so yeah, just like the weakness just like yes. seeped through and like filled me with rage. Oh, mm. you know what part filled me with rage and where all Tell the me. men, I was like, you weak, feeble men. Yes. Um, the part where, but the part where he really like shined was actually at the end when she realized what this was about. And she was in the midst of all of the men. And she was like in this mm-hmm. circle and they were all around her. And they were like, we're just like here and you're better than us. And, and, you know, you're smarter and you're an executive and I'm a yeah. big baby. That whole scene had me like reeling. Like, yeah. And I, it's like, yeah, good. just what's even more upsetting about it is that it's this movie came out tw- pretty much 20 years ago and we have gotten nowhere but it's society. funny like it, we still see that to to this, to this day. day almost worse like you would think that maybe like we would look back on a movie like this and be like ha 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 hilarious like that sucks but at no. least we're making strides forward we're but like strides. we're not <laughs> We're making no. steps forward, if not strides. We're like making we're side, making yeah, steps. Steps. side steps. Yeah, we're, we're square dancing doing, backwards. We're square dancing. <laughs> <laughs> we're just dosy do, dosy do, dosy do, dosy do. Um, that that was one of my favorite moments of the movie too. I wrote I wrote that down because uh, he he Matthew Broderick goes on this whole big speech about like you know this is how you've made us feel emasculated and mm-hmm. this is why uh, we have to do this horrible procedure to brainwash you <laughs> right uh but he he he, he it kind of culminates in him saying like we married wonder women um amazon queens you know what that makes us and nicole kidman without skipping a beat goes uh smart worthy lucky lucky, lucky. Yes. yeah um and i really think like that's the message of like frank oz the director was trying to convey with this movie was like if you're you know if you feel like this weenie emasculated man because your wife is so much more accomplished, like stop, fucking stop feeling like that. Because yeah, like that's you, on you, bro. You're you're such a small percentage of the population that this woman finds attractive. That this woman finds like worthy is such a good word that she used yes. there. Worthy of <laughs> being supported by a woman like they're not even not even supported like co. Uh, What's what's the word? A partner, like, just like partner, partner, to have yeah. someone, yeah, just be your partner. You should feel, yeah, no, that whole scene. But that that's why I like that too. And I feel like any man who is with a successful woman and can be with a successful woman without putting her down or making her feel less than or feeling like they're less than, like I mm-hmm. feel like that's what makes you an equal. And there's so many, and like Bix was saying, and the men that complain about women who, you know are so confident in themselves and do have like have a career and go-getters like those are those are the weak men mm-hmm. and I, yeah and it comes it all it comes from just be the privilege of being a man and mm-hmm. not having to see a woman as a human person and mm-hmm. seeing her as just something that is there to serve you and if she's serving herself what can you do about it and put even a, worse, put a, if, put a nano chip in her head. Yeah, and even, even worse if you feel like you're serving mm-hmm. her, like you're supporting her career. Like he's the vice president of the company of the te- the television company that she yes. was the the CEO of, and so he felt like you know, oh, I'm I'm not even 
I'm not even at your level, but you're still, dude, you're still very successful. Like you're yeah. that's, like, that was another and if any, part yeah. that I was like, oh my God, like I hadn't seen the movie in so long. So when I rewatched it, I was like, oh shit. Cause they're having this circle discussion of you're the CEO of this and you're that. And I feel so weak, but then the men open up and express like, I work for Mattel. I work for Microsoft. I work for this. So it just, uh, gives even more to the argument of no matter no matter the position of the man it doesn't like it doesn't matter if a woman is even slightly powerful they are still perceiving that power as a threat and i'm not saying that's not all men that's people with a weak character that's really it exactly so it's like you can be the president of microsoft but he's still viewing this woman who has power mm-hmm. almost maybe an equal power as this object as a threat to him um so it's just like it's so fucking dark <laughs> stark yeah it is by by the end of this movie i do not like uh matthew broderick's character and i'm i'm upset mm-hmm. that they they stay married to be honest with you i thought the happier ending was Bro. she realizes that she doesn't need this man at all and like like her kids were kind of non-existent throughout the movie. So like, Oh yeah. I even forgot they yeah. had, they yeah. like sent them away. <laughs> they the had kids. Movie. Yeah. They like introduced them like the first scene. And then they were like, bye. Bye. We don't but like, you. I would have been totally fine if it was like, um, if, if the ending was just her being like, yeah, I'm out. I'm going to, I'm literally going to find myself. And that means not right. because the thing is you're rewarding for some, you're, she was basically rewarding him for doing something that he should have done in the first place. She's like, good boy. Thank you for realizing that what you're doing was like satanic. Like, thank you for listening. Th- yeah. Thank you for letting me teach you right from wrong. Yeah. Oh, and then she's, she was basically like celebrating him for doing, yeah, just doing, being a basic human being for not enslaving me. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, thank when, you. When do you think that churn happened for him? Like they, they kind of present it as, you know, he he gives this big speech. It kind of seems to break her down to the point where she agrees to go ahead with this procedure. And then they both descend uh, ominously on that on that platform down to the room where it ha- where the procedure happens. And it's, uh, you know, that we see that video Christopher Walken um, plays where mm-hmm. he's, he describes that it's automated and that the procedure only like only the husband is present for it. So like when they go down to that room, do they have a conversation about like, okay, for the rest of the movie, we're going to pretend that we went through this procedure or had they already had that conversation and, and his big blow up in front of everybody was all part of the the plot or the scheme. Oh, a show. It was all a show so that he can Mm -hmm. um, unprogram everything. And yeah. uh, I wish that that was the case, but I feel like, (laughs) <laughs> That's almost giving Matthew Broderick's character too much credit. Yeah. Mm. I don't think that he has just like the cognizance to even like be aware of anything like outside of his own struggles. I feel like to me, it seems like almost just another sign of weakness that once he didn't have the backup of all these men around him, he succumbed to Nicole Kidman's character mm. and didn't go through with it. And I, and I know that like that could be seen as like, I don't think that he, I don't think it was a strength thing. I don't think that Mm -hmm. he made that speech and then they went down and then he was like, oh my God, I'm having all these realizations. You're a weak ass man. You even thought about putting your wife in that position. 
you're not going through a breakthrough that quick. I think that he just doesn't have the self drive or discipline to make choices for himself. And he makes choices based on his surroundings. And I think that's what happens. I'm just fucking hating on this man right now. (laughs) No, I agree. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. At no point in this movie do we ever see um, any justification for him feeling this way or any of these men feeling this way, to be honest. Like, we never really see Nicole Kidman's character shitting on him, just being dismissive of him. Like, no. she doesn't treating like belittle him. him. Like, not in any way whatsoever. It's she's always supportive. She's always like nice to him. Right. It's so, just his conversation. He feels belittled just by mm-hmm. her success. So you're yeah. probably, yeah, you're probably right. There's, I'll tell you the line where, like, after this line, I was like, I, I, I Matthew Broderick needs to, like, <laughs> not have a happy ending in this movie, that, and he ends up having one. But the line where he's like, and it's right after the square dance thing, it's right after there's, there is objective evidence that they both have seen that oh, there's the something wrong with this town. The sparks, or, like, The sparks wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, he, they're having a, a little like talk afterwards and he's like, you know, you're not giving this place a chance and, and we came out of here so you could find yourself, whatever. And she kind of, he, he starts to wear her down and she says, um, yeah, I'm going to try, I'm going to make these changes. And he says something about like your wardrobe, you can't wear black anymore. And she goes, why? And he says, cause only high powered, neurotic, castrating Manhattan career bitches wear black. Is that what you want to be? And she says, ever since I was a little girl, which bravo, perfect perfect response, but it washes right over him. And like, he doesn't even hear that. And also the rest of the movie is, is like about her throwing out her black clothes and like becoming more of this Stepford wife. And yeah, it's, it's such a gross moment. And that's the first transition because it starts it starts physical and then it goes to mental. But that's how, remember, that's that's the first sign that everyone's changing because what's his, her, her partner, uh, uh, oh God, he was so great. What, it was like she be, he became like her best friend. Um, oh, the guy who was married to the guy Jerry and was going to yes, be Yes, I just can't oh, remember Roger, his name. Are we talking about Roger? Roger, Roger. remember mm. that was the first clue that she looks into the garbage dump and she's mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. All of his clothes that were like all of his self expression is gone. Like that's how he expresses himself. And that's, yeah. So it first starts with the suit. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, oh, this isn't him. But yeah, it just starts physical and then it gets mental. I do kind of like the way the movie does that. Like when they present Roger and I forget Bette Midler's character's name, but when they Bobby, I think Bobby um, Mm -hmm. and the three of them are sort of this like, oh, my gosh, we're all we all knew each other in Manhattan because we're these high powered, successful people. And we're like consummate New Yorkers. And so we found each other in this really small town. And in just the way that they like just the way they present Bette Midler and she's her own person. She's an author. Um, she's just wearing a t-shirt and whatever. Well, and she stands out in such contracts to contrast to everybody else in this town. So, you know, like you, you kind of know this being a movie, she's going to be one of the first vic, quote unquote victims, victims of whatever's yeah. going on here. Um, cause we're going to see like such a, and what a good double performance by Bette Midler. We're going to see Incredible. like such a stark oh, difference yeah. when she gets brainwashed. Yeah. 
Um, and her husband is John Lovitz, who's also a very, very good comedian. I kept like yeah. freaking out. I hadn't seen this movie in so long. So every time somebody new would come on the screen, I'd be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> I love John Lovitz. He's so funny. They had great actors in this film. Mm. They really did. Yeah. I was like, it was like an A-list cast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Glenn Close was fantastic. Somebody in the in, at one point even says, like, I think it's Roger when she's having her whole freak out. Um, iconic. He, he's like iconic. She's fabulous. Oh my god, that was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. she is. That um, that like final breakdown of Glenn Close that was it. It was such such a good performance by her. Like I, I was just like blown away. It was he was perfect word iconic. Would you ever Would you ever use that as like a audition mo- uh, uh, monologue? Um, I personally wouldn't just because I am 18 to play younger. Um, okay. <laughs> I, you know, but if I was older, if, yeah, if I was older, I would definitely maybe try that. Cause it just seems so fun. Like she was just like screaming for like Total a screwdriver. Yeah. She like <laughs> picks his head up and like cuddles. Like, yeah, it's just so insane. Is she, um, I don't remember. Oh, she's Claire. Uh, yes, she's Claire because at the beginning, when uh, when when um, what is Nicole Kidman's character? Joanna. Joanna, Joanna sees yeah. um, sees all the women doing their their fitness class. She calls it Clairobics, um, and <laughs> and that this and is what they like, do. Mix and mix. <laughs> yeah, oh, and, and it goes back to baking. Yeah, <laughs> just the movements of cooking. It's <laughs> but so aerobic, cringy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is what the women do while the men's are at the men's association playing with like battle bots and, and freaks. Just yeah. <laughs> and the only freaks. time they summon the woman is like if they need money, which was how insane. So every time oh. they summon a woman, she would open her mouth and literal like cash would come out. Like okay. she was like she was an ATM, which I thought was which didn't make sense to me because I'm like. Like, I was like, this is, aren't you guys like the whole thing was like, you felt like they were like these breadwinners and you didn't like that they were supplying Mm. you with the money. But then like, I'm like, but yet, but yet I'm like, you're going to her for money. You're like, give me money. Like, like mommy, give me money. Like a little, you know, so I'm just like, right. But I, but you get, so I was like, I was like, this is kind of, this doesn't make sense to me. That part, I'm not gonna lie to you. Never made sense to me, but. That is a really good point. I totally missed that because I was distracted by the fact of how how did they what did they do to this woman exactly to change her physiology so that she is Wait. literally a, a cash? Yeah, machine. she like an actual. That's robot? not just chips. Like she is just right. a straight up robot. <laughs> like because she's not even a face, person. Christopher Walken's character, like he was fully Full robot. a robot. So I'm sure fully there robot. were some that were deeper into the process than others maybe they were starting with nano chips and they were moving into just like full-on robot people uh, so you think um, it's like an evolution like you eventually oh, like the next yeah. level is like you start to slowly get your body parts replaced with cyborg like cyborg parts Ooh, oh yeah i think so stepford wives too the cyborgs <laughs> are out yeah okay man yeah it's it's that there i mean there's i'm sure there's a lot of other logistical uh issues with the movie but that just i could not wrap my mind around how where's the money where's the money starting from and where is it <laughs> like does like, he deposit yeah, and they stick, the money first and that's the thing they stick the atm card in the mouth, in the mouth. which activates <laughs> the money to come out of the <laughs> mouth so 
I <laughs> don't get it either. Frank Oz. And Call again, me. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, does it make sense? Yeah, literally. And also just like with the whole story of them wanting to be more powerful. I'm like, but yet you're going to your wife for money. I was like, make it make sense. But no. okay. Because for the most <laughs> part, for, this comes up a lot on this podcast. Um, that we There's a distinction between like a robot or like aka an android, which is what Christopher Walken was, right? Like a full, full robot, no human body parts, just full robot that looks and acts like a human versus a cyborg. Um, which is what I would describe, I want to describe most of the women in in the Stepford Wives as, where they are organic, they are a human, but they have these robotic additions um, yes. or replacements. Yeah. Uh, in this case, like a chip in your brain. But the, the ATM woman, like that's a that's gotta be a that's full a robot. robot. That's, that's a full-on robot. robot. Like he totally <laughs> dumped his wife and just got a robot. Like yeah. there's no way. <laughs> that woman's dead somewhere. Yeah. Um yeah. So, so do you think that in, do you think that in some cases the women, like, it seems like they seem, some of them agree to the procedure that's happening to them. Like with Roger, they bring him into a room, they kind of have him look at something, he's horrified and then smash cut to, um, later on he comes, he comes out like giving his speech as this Republican, uh, politician, but like, did he agree to do it? Like, did they break no. down his will or did they knock no. him out and just do this to him while he was unconscious? I think it's the same thing. I think he just got a chip put in his mind and that's why he's horrified. What he saw was this program and mm-hmm. and then they were like, knock out. Now let's go insert it inside of him. Yeah, because um, he like looked back at his husband and he was correct. like, Jerry, like what the fuck is going on? Yeah, know, for exactly. And then even yeah. at the end, when he comes to, to like comes back, like just like everyone else comes back to like comes back to Earth and realizes what's going on. Um, yeah, no, he's totally not okay with it. I don't think it was just like a all right, sure, I'll do it. He was Stepford. He was Stepford. Stepford. <laughs> they stepped him. Yeah. Um <laughs> I stepped him. Stepped his <laughs> uh oh, you know what else was I I, I wrote this down. Um, but somebody in the movie called it out as weird. So I don't know if it counts, um, if it's self-aware. But when she dis- when the ATM woman dispenses the money, it's all in singles. It's $20 in singles. Why? Why? <laughs> I had that same thought. And I, I think it was genuinely just for like, it looks better to see a bunch of floppy bills out of her mouth instead of like one... Oh. singular 20 so just visually mm. but also then that joke kind of works where because they're kind of looking at him that was like um Matthew Broderick's character's test they were like hey let me show you some shit and see if you're really one of us mm-hmm. and they're all looking at him waiting for his response so for him to be able to have such a light-hearted jokey response to just be like oh she gives singles <laughs> like it just like oh. sold that moment for them yeah. to be like okay we trust you that's a good point. I noticed yeah. the bills weren't wet. So true too. Again, yeah. <laughs> she's a straight up robot. Yeah. Um, and I I like one of uh one of you said something about like how this whole plot kind of kind of revolves around uh, or depends upon these men being just dumb. Like they're just dumb and short-sighted. Um, there's a lot of evidence of of just how stupid and and base they all are. Uh, one of them is it's it's a throwaway a throwaway line. It might have just been improvised on the day. Um, 
but there's when Christopher Walken is showing his video, he like, there's a painting on the wall and he clicks a remote and the painting turns into a video screen. And he does this whole explanation of like, this This is the procedure. This is how I oh, yes. whatever. And then at the end of it, it like the video ends and it fades back to a painting. And one of the dudes just goes, it's a painting again. <laughs> <laughs> like that's your takeaway. That, that just really shows you just how simple his yeah. mind is. Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> if that was a throwaway line, that was great. Yeah, like you don't care. Like you're not recognizing the... Um, the craziness of turning women into cyborgs and making them follow Cyborg. your every whim, but you're going to be bamboozled by a painting that turns into, you know, like, yeah. It's a painting it's again. Like, it's a painting again. How did he do it? Um, <laughs> That's so good. I had one other small, like, little nitpick with the movie where, um, with, again, with logistical questions that uh, I probably shouldn't be asking because it's, it's it's digging a little too deep um, into this silly, fun yeah. c- kind of movie. But when, uh, at the end, when they do the big realization, um, Matthew Broderick shuts down the whole program, everybody gets freed, and they, I like that sequence, they all kind of like, <gasps> and like the spirit leaves them, <laughs> they're no longer yeah. possessed by this demon, um, a technology demon. And one of the women- Have they got possessed grabs, by the technology demon? The remote. <laughs> the man is like trying, he's like trying to click and be like, oh, no, yes. you have to listen to me. And she grabs it from him and with her bare hand just cra- cracks this thing in two. So were her, was she replaced with like robotic arms or something that suddenly no. made her super strong? <laughs> Maybe that's what he was intimidated by. So before she became this like really fragile being, I mean, who knows, right? Because I don't think we know like what she, like what her um, the career was or whatever. But I think we can knows? assume bodybuilder, but yeah. But that's what I'm saying. So I think they were like, <laughs> that's what I think they were just implying. Like she maybe was this really sh- physically strong woman that he felt intimidated by. So that's why, that's all I think that was. Like that was just kind of a implied there okay that's that's fair. that's my take on it that's fair that's fair i'll give i'll give it i'll give the movie that okay <laughs> you're like that might be a little too deep but we'll get yeah, it yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> um also there is uh there's one other notable robot that we do see in this movie um robo rover 3000 oh yeah we've <laughs> same reaction <laughs> that was so just honestly so strange and random mm-hmm to me, like it, it didn't really have much plot for it. it. Was I think it was just like for fun, and then they threw in that little thing, like the real dog went missing. Maybe they practiced on the dogs first. That's what I was thinking. Animal yeah, testing is that is that yeah. this dog was a real dog, and like there was even a picture of it, and they talked about this. Oh, this dog went missing. So yes, okay. Wait, so was the, the dog a is, female? Ooh, good. I'm was assuming it, yes. Was it but, too smart of a dog? And they were like, no way. We can only have we hate dumb. Women. Right. We need dumb, dumb robot female dogs and only real <laughs> male dogs. I well, don't now know. Now I'm just if, saying shit. If I watch the movie again, I'm going to pay attention to like, do they gender the dog? Like, do they refer to the dog as like good boy or do they say he? But they, she, remember uh, Nicole Kidman is doing research on the laptop and she pulls up the dog and the dog used to be like uh, this award-winning pup. So maybe on that that sheet, that document that gets pulled out, it might say like the gender of the dog there. An award-winning dog. Yes. Mm-hmm. Successful. It was very successful. Success, right. Westminster. <laughs> Kennel Club winner or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I remember it was like, she was like, oh my God. And then she looks at the dog and she's like, 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming since it's on theme with the rest of the movie, it was probably was a female dog. And um, yeah, so I guess the question is, though, is that literally the same dog and they did this pr- gradual procedure to like gradually replace it with robot parts until it became a full robot? Or is it like dog went missing, replaced it with a full ass robot? Oh my God. I think. Did the dog get Stepforded? I think the dog got Stepforded, but I think it was like through like a process and then they made a new dog, like mm. based on the original dog. Mm. But I think the robot dog is new, kind of like the uh, like Christopher Walken. Okay, got it. Like the robot, robot dog can do magical, crazy things like the ATM woman can. Mm-hmm. Like it can make a ball appear out of its body um, and just produce it from its mouth when you when it wants to play with a ball. Oh yeah. Um, and that's very similar to the ATM trick. So yeah, it's but but I was one when they said like this when they showed that the dog was missing. I was wondering like, is it this exact same dog? Like, is that what they do? Is they literally churn you into a robot? And I think in some cases, yes. I think most of them are cyborgs, but I think in some cases, full ass robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, none of it really makes sense because there is a scene where um, what's her name? Let me. Uh, oh well, in the movie Bobby, which is played by Bette Mid. Bette Midler. Yeah. Um, she remember when she gets turned into the robot, she goes, I want to have more kids. And then she's like, goes like to go find her husband. So the only mm. way that could happen is if they keep like, if they do want to keep them at home and keep reproducing, their bodies have to stay the same. They have to stay intact. If That's they want to keep enough. them a stay at home, mom, Stepford wife, like the whole that whole thing. Perfect family. The whole mm. quote, yeah, perfect family. She's like, Maybe I'm going to go have more. And she already has like five or whatever. But yeah. Maybe they're replacing their digestive tract with, uh, and like all of those organs with um, tubes and 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 cash and a dis- and like machines. <laughs> oh my God, like that's so messed just, up. Just, and then they only keep the reproductive keep the, system. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, ew. I was like, I actually want to throw <laughs> up after I just said that sentence. I'll be right back. Yeah, let's move past that. Ew. That's terrible. This, this, <laughs> did you know, I mean, this, this is so fucking dark, but it kind of, it, it goes into this, that there are... I don't I don't remember where about this article, but there are states that are using women who are like comatose um, that are like connected, like hooked up to life support as just to use their uteruses for reproduction. No, like this is 2023. And like that shit is going on actively in America. Yes. And there's like law, there's like bills that are passing and like all these people trying to obviously be like, are you fucking kidding me? But that's what I mean. Horrible. It's literally like a funny thing we're talking about, but it's so legit. Like people are absolutely insane and do not view women as human people. That sounds like like a Twilight Zone episode. That's that so sounds crazy. like American like Horror Mirror. Story. Yeah. Did you yeah. see that episode of American Horror Story with the aliens? They talk, no. they talk about that where they, the aliens were basically like, well, this girl wasn't cooperating. So they exploded her head and then they put on this thing on top that, that will keep her body alive just so she can keep reproducing. That's literally real life. For the aliens, but like My they God. don't need her to be an actual person. So they put this mechanical thing on top just to keep her body oh alive, God. which is like, this whole thing is grossing me out. But Ugh, yeah, I just, it just reminded me of like that. It's, a, it's an American horror story because it 
it's horrific, but yeah. Man, that is, that is horrifying. It's an I'll, American I'll be honest, horror I, story for sure. Oh no, wait, you're right. Oh my God. You just said it's happening here. Yeah. I was kind of expecting this movie to be darker. Like I was expecting it to be more of a horror, um, uh, and not not as light and and comedic right. as it was. Do you think the message would have landed better? Um, do you think that we, do you think we'd be, we'd be further along in in our in our pro- progress as society ten years later if this movie had done a bad job of uh, conveying this message? Or like it, it, the real question is like, do you think that the tone is appropriate for the movie, or do you think it should have been more serious? Well, the movie's been done already, so I just want to start there. So it actually has been done, the original. The remake, the thing which I do like about comedy, it makes it easier to ingest. So you can Mm. still get a message across very clearly with comedy, um, and sometimes maybe, in fact, easier, and more people will listen when there is a comedic take on it, but you're making very real social commentary. So not necessarily, and we just did Don't Worry Darling, which is just came out this year. It's literally the same film um, as the original and some things from the remake. It it takes a little bit, I feel like, from both movies. And um, it's definitely a more serious take, Don't Worry Darling. Um, But I feel like it's it has to be, it's an interchange. So I don't think if, I don't know if Stepford Wives would would really do the job. It starts, mm. it starts with not you, Lewis, but like, but like starts with you when I'm like, starts with you first, but it starts, with, you know, <laughs> I'm speaking to just men in general, it starts with yeah. you first, like that interchange. And, and I don't, yeah. So when it comes to this movie, not necessarily. Yeah. I think um, it's really hard for people to hear things that they don't want to hear. So if you go into something where it's this, you know, really um, what's like prestigious film about like women rights, the people who need, the people who know that message and are advocates for Mm -hmm. that message are going to go into it and probably have like a amazing time, life-changing experience. They really get the message. They're moved by the piece. But if you go into something like that as somebody who is already so removed from that. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with Liv. Like it's so much harder for them to hear and understand what the message is because they're already so like against it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's almost like dumbing shit down and making things like so silly and so dumb. Um, so I don't, yeah, I kind of have a confusing thought about that question because in some ways I completely agree with Liv but then at the same time it's like maybe if things weren't so taken made so lightly throughout the like early 2000s how it was like oh haha it's so fucking hilarious that women have no autonomy maybe we could have been in a better place now but it is so true that it's individual um Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, yeah. That, I could, there's I a lot to unpack there. Yeah, there's so yeah, much. I, was yeah. like, I just feel like there's way too much to unpack. So that's why I'm just kind of like, my answer's just geared towards this film. Like, mm-hmm. really, there, I just feel like there's, because it's, it's individual, layered. but it is also like societal. Like, yes, it's very societal and yeah. it, a lot of uh, to do with media. And, um, yeah, because this one movie yeah. couldn't change anything, but if all of media could take, 
take it by the direction maybe we've been about yeah. movies. But yeah. Would you say um would you say this movie is ahead of its time at all? I guess not since like you, <laughs> since you said like we haven't really progressed as much as we should have in the last 10 years. I think yeah. I thought that it was. Yeah. I think it was trying to be especially with the whole beginning of Nicole Kidman and her like TV network uh yeah. production network and she has all these shows mm-hmm. that are very um women driven and women are the protagonists and women come out on top. I think th- I think the attempt was to be ahead of its time, but I because of the time, I, don't, I just, I don't think that it really leveled up to that. Mm. Yeah, maybe like, maybe it was trying to be ahead of its time, but like time didn't move forward the way that it should have. So it never really yes. got to that point where it was ahead of. It's it's like, well <laughs> in said. some ways we've moved backwards. Yeah. Uh, in, some, in some states um, in, in this very country. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I think but, my yeah. just my fi- my final takeaway of the whole movie was literally that everybody should be in jail. They should all <laughs> they should all be in jail. You go to jail. You go to jail. Yeah. Like all yeah. like how you were saying like Michael Broderick he got this happy ending and yeah. even the men they end up just living in this beautiful town. Like mm-hmm. yeah, they're for, they're the women are in charge, but they still get to shop. They still get to hang out. They still get to, no, they should be, they should be in prison. They should yep. they actually away. committed slavery. Like yes. that's what it was. They yes. enslaved, exactly what they did. They enslaved 100%. their wives, but still are able to leave their house. No house arrest. How, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't have your, your, your rights are taken away from you and you're done. I, I would say we're not even house arrest because they all have nice houses. So oh, you're right. Be, Never mind. Like, Sorry. Stay <laughs> prison. But I mean prison. Go to jail. Sorry. Prison. They all do. Yeah, they all deserve yeah. prison time. I take that back. Um, I take that million back. Million percent. They have their houses are too nice. Yeah. And it also, I'm sorry, it's my my last thought, but like it just it, that's why it's also not ahead of its time because all of the women forgave their husbands and yep. just like locked them up. Like what what is that saying? That's saying that's just going back and reiterating that women are worthless without their husbands or they maybe feel that way because they still all stayed with these men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, it's, it's hard. Like the tone of this kind of movie, it's hard to, it's hard for there to be consistency with your message because it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we want to keep it all light and funny, but then we go into these really, really dark places and, and we, you know, show some horrifying imp- implications of, of this reality but nothing is fixed at the end. Nothing is really changed changed in a meaningful way at the end of it, because um, it all has to be kind of like a because it, it has the tone of a sitcom where like everything needs yeah. to reset. We need to go back to zero so that the next episode yeah. will be just as fun and just as light. Um, but that's not the journey that we've all just been on. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not a yeah, it's not a movie that at the end of it you're like. What a what a story! Well, what like wrong. it wrapped up and it changed. Yeah, like nothing's different. It's just like wow, everything fucking sucks. Yeah, I I don't want to um, dive too much into Don't Worry, Darling because okay. I know you haven't seen it, Bix. Um, so I don't yeah. want to spoil it for you. But yeah, there are some really strong parallels, and I I think uh, having seen both movies, Olivia, I'm I'm curious if you would agree with this. Mm-hmm. I'd say they both have the same message. But this one, being a comedy and being so over the top, um, it, it almost works better than Don't Worry, Darling, for a lot of the reasons that y'all were describing about, mm-hmm. like, you know, when you bonk somebody over the head with the message or when you are, when it comes from a place where it feels like you're you're scolding the listener or you're, 
mm-hmm. talking down to them, being look at what you did wrong and like mm-hmm. this is what you do to fix it. Um, like I, which I feel like that's kind of what Don't Worry Darling was doing. Uh, it was very Don't Worry Darling was very proud of itself. I would say in a lot of ways. <laughs> Yeah. Um, in ways that it maybe maybe shouldn't have been, or, or <laughs> I don't know. What I do you mean, think? I thought the film. I I don't want to like. Oh damn! But I feel like it was just there was nothing. I feel I'm like who's gonna hear this? But there was nothing. I'm like, should I take my headphones off for a minute? No, no, no. Meaning, but no. I just meant um. It's just I don't. It wasn't original. How do I say? Like it mm. just there was nothing. I mean, it really wasn't. I mean, essentially, it was the same, the same exact concept as the first and second one. She was brainwashed. She, uh, her life was dictated by her husband, the only person that got to leave the home and um, work or, you know, do whatever was the husband. But the difference is, which I noticed, oh, but we can't go too into it. Ah, Lewis. Sorry. What am I supposed we'll- to talk about? <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have watched no, no, this no, movie not even, too. No, it's okay. But I'm like, I'm like, it's hard because there are some differences, and I feel like here say the like, difference. I guess. Oh no. Oh. Well, I would say like the difference. One of the differences is like the man was like, "Look how much I." like sacrificed for you. Therefore you owe me, which wasn't really a theme. I feel like in the, uh, the Stepford wise, which is the, the comedy, it wasn't like, look at what I sacrificed. Like he never had to sacrifice anything. Right. Essentially. But, and don't worry, darling, he never got to really stay in this perfect bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He had to, that was part of the sacrifice, but then in return, he got the stay at home Stepford wife. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I, yeah. That's one difference. Like in that one, one's the- commentaries, like, but just kind of feel like a lot of men feel like women owe them something like, look what I did for you. Look what I'm doing for you. I did this for you, which is really just like, it's all self-serving. It has not, had never had anything to do with her. It was just everything that he wanted. Like, how can I get it without her? You know? Yeah. He's minute. He's manipulating her. That's a good point. And then in, yeah. in separate wise, it's not, it's not like, look what I've done for you. It's, it's you owe me this just on virtue of me being a man and you being a woman, like just based yeah. on that, this is what you owe me as your husband. Yes. Um, and I feel like that's a big difference. And don't worry, darling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't want to go any more into it. But yeah. Yeah. That's uh, sorry, Bix. That was sorry. that's the end of our Dover <laughs> Darling discussion. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Well, do y'all have anything else uh, to say about the Stepford Wives before we move on to Lose Big Three? <gasps> I'm excited for Lose Big Three. Yeah, I want to. Let's get to Lose Big Three. <laughs> All right, awesome. Um, so at this point, there, when y'all, if y'all listen to the episode later on, uh, there's going to be some music I'm piping in. My friend Ryan uh, sings the theme song for Lose Big Three. So Ooh. Ryan, hit it. Lose Big Three, it's you and me. We're going to have fun with Lose Big Three. Great job, Ryan. That was incredible. Oh, my gosh. Guys, what do you think of Ryan singing? Love it. You're I'm a rock star, Ryan. Uh, he always gets a positive review. All right, Lose Big Three. <laughs> 
number one. Um, <laughs> so Mike, Mike is uh, Christopher Walken's character, and it turns out he's a robot. Um, oh my gosh, I'm I'm like I have IMDb open. Faith Hill was in this movie. Um, oh yeah, she was one of the Stepford wives. Oh my and God. now that I'm now that I know it was her, she was in it, I can tell I can picture exactly uh, who she was. <laughs> um, anyway, that's cool. Uh, so sorry, that wasn't my question. <laughs> <laughs> I got really distracted by Faith. Oh, no, you're good. Um, Okay, Mike. Uh, Mike is Christopher Walken's character. He's the robot. He's the one that is the mastermind behind this whole thing, along with his wife, Glenn Close. Um, When when everything is automated, right? His his whole, the whole procedure when they bring their wives down, they, he describes that as it's automated. There's a whole bunch of machines in there that do the whole brain implant thing and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, later, Matthew Broderick, when he's when he's down there alone, when he sneaks away from the party to go and, and shut everything down, why is there not any any sort of automated security system uh, whatsoever that locks him out or prevents him from being able to pull off what he pulls off? Didn't he like scan something? Because he like went in and he had to like press a number and it said welcome member oh five something. Yeah, oh, so there I, was something. Yeah, yeah. I believe okay. there actually is a yes. There's a system. Because I feel like, like I test. could do yeah. a better job of keeping Matthew Broderick out of my cell phone. Than yeah. <laughs> Wait, this. I thought about that too. I was like, how did yeah. he like reprogram? Every single chip and every person. It looked like, like he was know. just slapping the screen and he was like, mm-hmm. next. And I was like, this is great. Yeah. This How, is he really just no wanted, thought. Just he was just the vibes. VP of like a t- <laughs> TV station. He wasn't, uh, Matthew Broderick was in this movie in the 80s called War Games, where his character would have been able to do shit like hacking stuff like this. Yeah. Um, this is not that character. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's just, oh, well, no, because actually think about it. I was going to say, maybe it's a commentary. You know how Bix was like, they're all dumb. Like all these men are just dumb. Maybe that's why like a man who created it, it was just a dumbass system. Mm. But wait, it, but it wasn't, it was created by that woman. We find out at the end, she's the mastermind behind all of Stepford and making this, um, this is just a like that's like the the green smoke was that what it's called the smoke oh the smoke screen like that that mm. so they can't see her like she's the person behind the curtain so her husband's really just a he's just a pawn in her big game so I so anyways that's to say I don't I don't know do you think on some level all that then, to say I don't know maybe she designed it like it's like the Death Star like she designed it with deliberately to have a flaw that could be exploited. Um, because oh. on some subconscious level, she wanted uh, the whole thing to be exposed and shut down. Um, and so, like, it, it was built with a, a fail safe. Huh. I don't. I I honestly, I think it was just, like, slightly, a, like, not a plot hole, but just, like, to get the point moving along. Because I, yeah. I did feel yeah. like the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's the right answer, Bix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the whole movie was kind of like that. I feel like I'm I'm not I'm sure this was based on a book, the original. I'm not sure. Yeah, know. it's based off of the the original Stepford. But it yeah. Because it, it's it seems like the scenes jumped so fast from like the before, moving here, noticing mm. something's weird, the weirdness happening, everybody like it was very fast moving the movie so yeah. i think i think that's i think that's all it was 
That's fair. Yeah, it is like a 90 minute runtime, which I always appreciate when a movie is like under two hours. Yeah, um, me too. But under 90, mm, that's a gift. I love it. <laughs> yeah, sweet um, spot. <laughs> uh, I think you're right. I think it's 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 like that's not as important as the story we're telling. So here's the next thing. That's move along. In the story. Yeah, yeah they were like, he gets in, he gets out. He does it. Um, lose big three number two this is this is a bit of a loaded question but um roger the character of roger uh the inclusion of roger in this movie roger is is the the Mm -hmm. man from the manhattanite and his Mm -hmm. husband is wants him to be more conservative so he stepford is stepford's him um and he and you know it comes up like like uh as mark is it mark santos uh who's that guy that's like lying to everybody um about who he is, that politician. Uh, what can you think of his name? Um, <laughs> is Santos Soros? Anyway, I can't believe I can't think of the guy's name. But anyway, um, so he comes out like talking like this guy, talking like a Republican politician. Is it uh, is it progressive or offensive to include him in this movie as one of these Stepford quote unquote wives? Hmm. I think what is, I I don't want to say progressive, but what is interesting about the inclusion of the characters is him, Roger, bringing up Jerry, his husband, uh, becoming a quote-unquote gay Republican. I think that point of it um, makes room for a lot of conversation because I know Mm. that there are a lot of people who come from conservative families and, you know, they're, I I know people who are gay and are Republican and have Mm -hmm. these views um, that kind of directly uh, contradict Mm. their communities Um, So I think that that aspect of it was good to open up conversations to that. And especially when you're in a relationship with somebody and they start to change their political views, like how that can affect a relationship. So from Mm. that standpoint, I, I, I thought that that was an interesting inclusion. Mm. I agree. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I agree with Vix. I agree. Yeah. I think, I think, on I think some, she just said it so yeah. well. So. Yeah. When, when, um, when the movie got to that part where they're like in Stepford, they're all the residents are sort of meeting each other. I was taken aback by the fact that like, oh, there, there's a, 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 a gay couple. There's a, like two men that are married. Um, so like, what, what are they saying with that? And my, I'd say I got like a little bit defensive, at, like at the sight of it. Cause I was like, is this just, a setup is so they can prop up this couple and then clearly define which one is quote unquote, the woman in the relationship. Oh. And then therefore, you know, like, cause that's a whole can of worms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel like at the end of the day, it was the inclusion of that was like, I think the intention was to be progressive. I think it was to show like, yeah, it's not just straight couples that, that deal with this type of bigotry or oh, this type yeah, of, yeah. um, uh, traditional values uh enforcement and stuff like that um but yeah I, I i i didn't really land one way or another and that's why it's one of my big three um about whether it was it achieved being progressive and like made a good point or whether it was just there 
to give the filmmakers an excuse to have these jokes at the expense of of Roger and like of gay, I don't know, gay couples. Um, yeah, it was 2004, so there was definitely a lot of exploitation. Of yeah, probably that being as well. Gay for sure, um, yeah. but yeah, it, it did. Yeah, just like upholding those like gender dynamics, mm-hmm. but so so it, it pretty it is kind of offensive because you're forcing a hetero couples like the understand the societal understanding of a hetero couple. You're forcing that now on upon a gay couple so mm-hmm. it's just like for like it's just conformity again it's like now you're trying to conform this unconformed gay couple back uh-huh. into a hetero normal couple mm-hmm. so yeah 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 it's 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 messy it's messy because <laughs> it's yeah, <laughs> yeah that yeah because it's basically saying like every couple has this dynamic and like you have, like, you have to play a role. Like you have to play yeah. a role in your if relationship. You don't, yeah, you can't you don't just check be. these boxes. Yeah. yeah. You're not a relationship. You're not a valid right. relationship. Right. Yeah. Cause even, even in like heterosexual, like man, woman relationships, mm-hmm. there could be a dynamic of like both people are more, um, what, what you would describe as feminine or what you would describe as masculine. And like both people can be that or neither of them can be that or, you know, yeah, it is uh, it is the position of robots versus dinosaurs that you don't have to fit uh, neatly into a box. Uh, yes. <laughs> no matter who you are in your relationship. Uh, anyway, lose big three. Number three, this is a more fun question. <laughs> so we're ending on this one. Um, Okay, so Glenn Close's character, uh, real quick, her name was Claire. Oh yeah, Claire. Um, Claire, when she's when she's going through her whole thing at the end, she's having that awesome monologue. Uh, yeah. She says, "I have had top secret contracts with the Pentagon and Apple and Mattel." Um, so you can imagine, like this woman who's you know like a genius neuroscientist and is able to remap the human brain and manipulate and control it. You can kind of imagine what she might've done for the Pentagon. Like, you know, she might've done something for the military or like something with like, like the CIA. Yeah. Um, you could, I guess like I can kind of ima- easily imagine what would she have done with Apple? Uh, you know, like they're a big technology company and mm-hmm. um, you know, people talk about how smartphones are, are, manipulating us and taking over our brains or whatever sure what do you think she did for mattel what do you think this high-powered neuroscientist what do you think her contract with mattel the toy company uh what was she developing for them mattel who the heck i mean what am i supposed to know who that is uh they make toys um they're a toy company they make like board games and i think mattel Mattel. makes barbie yeah i was gonna say oh they they do barbie so Mm -hmm. i think that just goes into her creating these women with these like quote unquote like perfect body types the so it's barbie that's what it is yeah yeah that's where she got yeah maybe she got had some like secret contract with them and they did some side hustling and that's they helped her figure out the way that you could change their the people's bodies however they have oh yes like I remember magic the, technology yeah. I don't know they were able to adjust the body types as well with the remote I forgot about that 
That's oh, what I forgot happen. about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah how I does forgot that, about that okay. detail. Remember, I'm going to stop asking to, how does that work? He was, it, it doesn't matter. In this <laughs> film, just, you can't ask how, it just does. Okay. Yeah, Suspension yeah. of disbelief. <laughs> right. Like I remember with the remote, they were able to adjust their body type, like make their waist smaller. Their boobs are yeah. bigger. They like legs are longer. Like they were able to contort their body to whatever they wanted the men. That's probably what it was. She was probably that's like so interesting. Barbies and like yeah, as like a psyop to to mm. to to really like surreptitiously uh, brainwash little girls into <gasps> want to become like Barbie and like have yes. that body type and oh my god, yeah. starting at the source, mm. infiltrate children. Well, thank goodness, uh, later this year, we're going to get Greta Gerwig's response to Stepford Wives when the Barbie movie comes out. Um, oh, yeah. Which, based on everything, I, all the trailers and promo, promo material I've seen for it, it actually looks phenomenal. I'm, I'm really I'm excited to, to see it. Barbie. <laughs> yeah. And also, Margot Robbie is amazing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I always lie to my guest because uh, I always have two bonus questions at the end. <laughs> What's your snack? Uh, Liv Bix, when you go to the movies, uh, what is your favorite movie snack? And when you watch a movie at home, do you try to like recreate your movie snack or do you have a different at home versus movie theater movie snack? Oh man. What's your snack? Bix, do you have it? I need a minute. I I do. So okay. I don't I don't go to the movies often. I haven't been to the movies in a long time, but just popcorn and I love the movie theaters that have their own butter dispenser like mm. over by like the condiments because they never put enough so I I butter <laughs> I shake it up I butter I shake it up and then I put salt on it um and I also love I don't you don't see these anywhere but movie theaters the little snow caps with the oh, like the, damn I love damn. the snow caps so damn. good um and then at home even if you get the movie, the pop secret movie theater butter popcorn, it's not the same. It's not the it's same not kind same. of butter. It doesn't taste the same. Mm-hmm. So my at-home snack is potato chips and cream cheese. Okay. Damn, girl. You're okay. making me hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I feel like mine's just pretty basic. I I, I was like, I can't really... Th- I'm like food, but yeah, I just like popcorn. I was like, I usually notice like lately when I go to movies, we'll just get like a giant popcorn. We usually share that. But my drink choice is always a slushy. I need a slushy mm. every time I go to the movies. So I feel like that's my must have. Like, yes, popcorn, of course, you need a classic bag, but give me a slushy. Slushy is a great movie snack because you're in there for a while. And so yeah. like you drink it. And then, like twenty or thirty minutes later, it, the the part that you couldn't finish melts, and it's like yes. second second drink. Yeah, and and it's cherry okay. cherry. That's my that's my go to cherry. Nice, Bix. I, I'm going to give you a little life hack, and listeners at home, you can try this as well. Um, to really get your butter like evenly distributed throughout the popcorn, uh, without risking losing any of it, because you got to like shake it up and it's filled to the top. You get one of those. You get a straw, a drink straw, and you put it like. You stick that in the popcorn bag, and then you put that under a little butter dispenser. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, my life that's is genius. It's <laughs> that's a little uh, movie oh snack my. life hack for you. Movie snack life hack. I'm, I'm thinking I'm gonna. That's gonna be the. That's what I'm gonna call this section of the podcast. That's movie really snack cute. life hack. Movie snack life hack. That's nice. Oh, thank you for changing my life. <laughs> right. Yeah. Try that next time. Let me know what you think. Um, all right. Final. Final bonus question. Hmm. All right, it's 2004. Uh, the Stepford Wives is coming out. 
and you're a casting director and you can replace any two actors, any two characters in this movie Damn. with Whoopi Goldberg and Danny DeVito. Oh, shit. Who are you replacing in <laughs> oh, Stepford Wives and how does it improve the movie? Oh, damn. Danny I want to see. Hmm, I, I have, I have so I have, there's so many places that they could go. I'm trying I, to think. I think. <sighs> I would want to oh, see Whoopi Goldberg as either the cast. Glenn Close's character as like mm-hmm. the mastermind or as Bette Midler's character. Because I think that's just like perfect. Like that would just work for her. Wait, who did you um, say, Bix? I said Whoopi for either Glenn Close's character, okay, or Bette Midler's character. Oh. I think she would kill it in either of mm-hmm. those. Danny I, DeVito, I gotta think. So Danny DeVito, I was thinking um, uh, John Lovitz. Okay, like, okay. I could That's who see, I first thought of too. I could see him playing that role easily, um, and. Yeah, I feel like he he would pair well with that's Bettler. He played Bet Mittler's mm-hmm. husband, and I feel like they would pair well um, comedically together. Um, and now you said Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a tough one. Um, although, mm, I feel like I could see also you're going to be like move away from this couple, but I can't. But Bette Midler, I could also see Whoopi Goldberg playing like the role of Bette Midler because I feel mm-hmm. like Whoopi is uh she's very intelligent and snarky and does have that comedic touch to her. And I feel like Bette Midler's role is that type of character in uh in this movie. And Whoopi Goldberg, when she played uh oh, what's that movie? Um with the uh the nuns. And sister act sister, sister act. act i know from seeing her in that that kind of like that like badass but like yeah i just feel like that's why i feel like she can she can play that role based think, off of her performance in that movie i feel like she'd be good for this role i think that's a really good fit for for uh Whoop, whoopi goldberg is um bet midler's guy bet, bet, bet midler was great i don't want to like take oh my god no but, yeah incredible well you um, asked us to replace but yeah, yeah. So that's that is the that is the exercise yeah. Uh, yeah. For Danny DeVito, that's actually a harder one for me with this movie. Um, but I think what I land on is I want uh, I want every time they do like a transformation reveal, like oh your your you know your uh, nagging dowdy wife went into this machine and out comes your ideal perfect woman and it's Danny DeVito every time. Stop! That's <laughs> hilarious. So I should have thought. I should have. I should have said <laughs> like that. There's smoke. There's like That's dark so dark lighting. You just see a silhouette at first, and then it's like, just like Danny. Danny, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, that's a good uh, one. Great answers. Um, Live Bix. Uh, are robots? Which one's cooler, robots or dinosaurs? Oh, you putting two baddies against each other? Uh, <laughs> Does this like, movie because... make it make a strong case for either? I would I would almost argue this movie works against robots. Yeah, I, and also um, I'm a scared. big I'm a big like I love Jurassic Park, so I don't know. I think I still go with dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are cooler. Yeah, dinosaurs never brainwashed anybody as far, right. as, we know, as, far as we know. 
I mean, they're a little scary, but they're cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think overall dinosaurs are cooler, but when it comes to film, like movies, I would rather watch a robot type movie over a dinosaur movie, but dinosaurs are cooler. Great answer. Great answer. Um, All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode of Robots vs. Dinosaurs. This was a fun movie to talk about. Y'all were amazing guests. Uh, Listeners, if you want to hear more of Liv Liv and Vix, make sure you subscribe to In The Moment on whatever podcast app you're listening to this episode on. Um, And again, that's In The Moment with Liv and Bix. Uh, Make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, all of that. Um, Do do y'all have anything else that y'all want to promote before we wrap up? Um, I think that's it. And you could go to our Instagram at ITM with Liv and Bix. And in our bio, we have a link tree and that'll take you to our other social media platforms like our TikTok at Liv and Bix. And yeah, Vix, you want to add anything? You said it perfectly. All right. Listen a little. Listen a little. <laughs> Excellent. So I'm going to drop all those links in the show notes um, so you can, you can find them uh, right away. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. So as, as we always say at the end of every episode of Robots vs. Dinosaurs, no talking, keep shopping. There is something sinister happening in Stepford. Does he though? Does he though? Does he though? It's a movie ass movie. It's twisted. Murder cover up protocol, MCP. I <laughs> give the old nyuk nyuk. <laughs> I think it's a delight. Now you're John Hammond. He's telling me to download a hoagie off the internet. But why would dinosaurs do this? That's an interesting question because humans do have five fingers. Awa is more powerful than Ura, you know? But it still all makes sense somehow. That's just crazy cool. We need people to write in with hate mail. Because they're tiny little eight people that don't know how to live in the world yet. Take that, you cocky bastard! Yeah, you go, robots. I gotta go, but Steve is strong, so everyone's gonna be okay. Godzilla just sent a telepathic message.